we're, as Stuart said, we're looking at life in the spirit, especially as it relates to serving today and spiritual gifts and the way that God gifts his family with gifts to serve one another and love one another. When I think about my family, uh, my uh, with my three kids, my wife, my heart, and our heart as parents is that we, as a family, all five of us would love and bless one another. Like that is our goal. That's our heart. That's our aim, that we would love, bless, serve one another. Now, on a daily basis, <laughs> because that's our desire, there's many parenting, you know, conversations that need to happen, fair amount of discipline and encouragement and conversation uh, around that. But our heart, our goal is to love and serve one another. And the reason that that's the goal is because that's, that's God's goal for the family, that we might be a blessing to one another, but also be a blessing to those around us, outside of our family. It's for the common good that our family does that. If our family was just causing daily chaos, causing issues and uh, just, just doing terrible things, causing terrible issues um, in our family as well as, you know, in the church and at school and things like that, then that's not going to be a blessing to other people. We want to be a blessing. We want to be there for the common good. And with our kids, part of that is asking them to do things within the family. So there are times where we ask the girls, the younger, the younger two, we ask the girls to uh, put their stuff in the dishwasher. So we've had dinner, they've got some plates, go and put it in the dishwasher. Now we have to equip and empower our girls to do this. They're not strong enough to, to pull the dishwasher handle down. They try their best, getting their feet off the ground, hanging off the, the handle. Uh, we have to equip and empower them to do it, to do the things that we ask them to do. So we open the dishwasher door, um, and then they can get their stuff in there. Uh, with our oldest, we sometimes say, look, it's time to vacuum your room. Um, but what we don't do is say, look, you're just going to have to save up the pocket money and buy yourself a vacuum. Okay? We actually get the vacuum out. He can use the family one. Um, and then together, we, uh, you know, for the common good, the, the room gets tidied. But we equip and empower our children to do that. And we also want our, our kids to be confident in the gifts that they have and the way that they serve the family and bless the family with the gifts that God has given them, the talents that God has given them. We don't want them to be wondering about their place in the family, about the part they play, about the role that they play, however visible or less visible that might be. We want them to be confident and encouraged that they have a part to play. And all that to say that that is God's desire and plan for his family is that he is our father who loves us and he's he wants us to use the gifts that he has given us for the common good for the mission that he has us on to go and make disciples and that he equips and empowers us to do that okay, and he doesn't want us struggling on wondering what is my part to play in the family is my part any more important than someone else's part? He wants us individually to be confident about the part that we play. And 1 Corinthians 12 is a fantastic uh, passage to help us understand what that looks like, what God's heart and intention and desire is. So let's start with verses 4 to 6. We'll see a couple of uh, things in there. 1 Corinthians 12 verse 4. There are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit distributes them. 
There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but in all of them and in everyone, it is the same God at work. Okay, so there's a couple of things we learn from that. Uh, The first is that there's one spirit, one Lord, and one God that gives the gifts. So we see beautifully just in these few verses. Verse 4, we see one spirit. Uh, Verse 5, we see one Lord. Uh, Verse 6, we see one God. We've got the Trinity at work in distributing the gifts to his church. The Godhead, Father, Son, and Spirit is united in their mission to ensure that the church is equipped and empowered. It's one beautiful thing. God is over and above it all. It's his mission, and he knows what we need and when we need it. You might think that uh, he's the great conductor. He's the one who is orchestrating things, making sure that everyone is playing to the right time and the right notes, ensuring that it all comes together. You might think that he's the master commander, Think of that with his master commands back in the world wars, just ensuring that troops would go to certain places and ensure that they have the right equipment, the right weapons to ensure that they can fulfill the mission that they've been sent to do, orchestrating things around. That is God. He's the great conductor, the master commander. Here's a quote. We should not think of the local church as a human organization doing human things. We are a spiritual organism moving under the influence of the Holy Spirit. We are a living group of children of God encouraging and building one another up. It's beautiful. Let's move into verse 7. Now to each one, the manifestation, oh no, actually, I've got another point on that other one. Bear with me. Verse four to six, let's uh, shoot back there. It's not just one spirit, one Lord, one God that gives the gifts, but actually we see another thing in there is that we all have different gifts, that we all have different things to do, different parts to play. So it says in verse 4, there are different kinds of gifts. In verse 5, different kinds of service. In verse 6, different kinds of working. And the heart here is that God doesn't want us all to look the same. He doesn't want all of us to look the same. That he has gifted each and every one of us individually with specific gifts to fulfill the role that he wants us to play. It would be absolutely horrendous if we all looked the same, like if we all physically looked the same. And I'm just uh, going to need a few volunteers to help me illustrate this. And all you need to do is be able to wear a mask. So I'm going to need, I think, six volunteers. Kids, if you want to come up, feel free. Seth, I know you know what's, you've helped out with this. Any adults want to come up? You basically just have to wear a mask. Come on, it's a little bit of fun. need six of you. Oh, Ruben, brilliant. One, two, three, four, five. Can I have one more, please? Can I pick on you? Abby, well done. Right, grab a mask. So if we all looked like me, prepare to be disturbed. Yeah, it's weird. It's so weird. I can't look at you. Sorry. It's, uh, so if we all... <laughs> 
Trying to think of who looks the best. <laughs> it's not a good look, is it? Seth, come on through. I mean, Seth is mini-me anyway, so, so that's cool. Um, if we all looked like me, it would just be really disturbing, wouldn't it? Wouldn't it? Like, you can admit that, okay? If we all looked like me, if we all looked the same, it would be weird, okay? So it's just a fun illustration just to communicate the sense of when we go after, like, think, oh, I really want to be like that person. I want to have their gifts. I want to do what they're doing. It's silly. It's not God's design for us as God's family. Right, you can take this off now. It's probably best. Thank you very much. Just give these guys a round of applause. Thank you. Amazing. So we all have different gifts. We're all made differently, and we should be confident about that. We'll come back to that in a short while. Right, now on to verse 7. Joe, is that? What is that? Did you hear that? Some feedback. No? Fine. Right, just me. Now to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. Now to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. Now manifestation just means to make clear, to make visible. So really it's saying to now to each one, make visible the work of the Spirit in our lives and for the common good. So God gifts his church for the common good good. It's for the good of one another. It's for the good of the whole. So when we gather together, when we're here on Sundays in life groups during the week, when we're one anothering each other, we're using our gifts for the common good. So God gives us gifts, for the, for, not for our benefit, but for the benefit of others. It's not to, look up, to make us look great, but to make God look great. And this is the heart of the gospel. The heart of the gospel is that Jesus Christ laid down his life for us. He didn't do it just for himself. He did it for the good of others. For the common good. We see that in 1 John 3.16. This is how we know what love is. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us. So it's his life to lay down, and he laid it down for us. Jesus Christ went to the cross, and he took our place. We've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. That sin deserves punishment, because God is just. He's perfectly just. That's good news. He's perfectly loving perfectly just. He has to punish that sin. Jesus took the punishment in our place. Then he gives us his righteousness for our good. We don't bring anything but our sin, our rebellion, our brokenness, our sin and shame. And we go away with his righteousness, with his perfection, with his good. It's the heart of the gospel, service, Loving others, using what we have to bless and serve others. When we've fallen short in 
doing that in serving others, in loving people the way that God designed us to. Christ takes that sin. When we fall short in our lives, maybe at work or at school or university or uh, with our families or our friends, when we fall short of serving other people, of laying down our desires and our wants for the benefit of others, when we fail to do that, Christ takes our sin upon his shoulders and he forgives us. He redeems us, gives us his righteousness. So Jesus gave his life for the common good. And it's this that motivates our service to one another. Because the reality is you wake up every day and that's probably the first thought is not necessarily how can I just go out of my way to bless someone else. You might be probably thinking about yourself just waking up, making yourself a cup of tea or coffee, just getting around to the, to the day, going off to, to your own work and going about your own things. It can be tiring to think of other people. We see that with people working within uh, the public health sector. Just day after day, giving of themselves to other people. People who work in any sort of job that, that is with people and you're thinking about their needs before your own. You might be doing that hour after hour, day after day, week after week. It can be tiring. Paul here in 1 Corinthians would just want to point us towards Jesus. Would want us to point us towards the gospel, point us towards this is Jesus, the one who laid down his life for us. As we dwell on that, it motivates us and encourages us to serve and love others. There's then a, a list of gifts which we're going to come back to um, in a few moments. But let's just fast forward to verse 12. It says that just as a body, so Paul starts using this analogy, just as a body, though one has many parts, but all its many parts form one body, so it is with Christ. For we are all baptized by one spirit, so as to form one body, whether Jews or Gentiles, slave or free, and we are all given the one spirit to drink. So we are one, but we are also many. Yeah, In this room, and those who are not here, but part of the body of Christ here, we are one, but we are also many. We're individuals, but we're also one. Now, God's idea of unity in the body is not uniformity. It's diversity. It's that we might all look different. And you see that with the human body, as Paul's using this illustration, this analogy of the human body, is that the diversity is absolutely key. That all of the different body parts, when they are working in harmony together, are, we're able to do incredible things. That's God's idea of unity. So we're one, but we're also many. Okay. Right. Let's move on into verse 14. Let's use Mr. Potato Head for this one. Didn't ever expect to say that. But uh, here we go. Seth, do you want to help me out? Yeah? Come on then. Should we welcome Seth up? 
Now, I grew up in the, do you know this from Toy, Toy Story? You knew that, fine, fine. I was just checking there wasn't going to be a generational, like, whoosh, over your head. You know it's Toy Story. Who loves Toy Story? Yeah, come on. Pretty defining film for, for many of us. Um, right, do you want to take the actual potato bit out? And then we've got some other bits, haven't we? Where should we put those? On the floor? Okay. Right, so do you want to hold that up? So we've got the body, we've got the potato, here it is. I think you're going to need, I think, the eyes first. Do you want to take those? We'll come to that in a minute. Right, verse 14. So the body is not made up of one part, but of many. Now if the foot should say, because I'm not a hand, I do not belong to the body, it would not for that reason stop being part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I'm not an eye, I do not belong to the body, it would not for that reason stop being part of the body. Now if the whole body were an eye, should just shove it in somewhere. Yeah. Do you want to hold it up? There it is. Where would the sense of hearing be? That's in the, that's the verse. It's a rhetorical question. Um, there you go. Where would the sense, there's no way that that potato can hear. It's, it's just got eyes. So it can see, but it is far from fully functional. Right, do you want to take the eyes out? You can whack it down there, that's fine. Do you want to take an ear? Just here? In my hand? There you go. Just shove it in anywhere. Amazing. Do you want to put the other one in as well? And hold it up. Maybe in the side. So if the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? So you wouldn't be able to smell delicious pancakes in the morning. Not that you have those every morning, but delicious bacon. You just wouldn't be able to smell any of it. It's far from fully functional. Verse 18, but in fact, God has placed the parts in the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. Right, should we try and bring some order to Mr. Potato Head? Oh, actually, before, we, yeah, let's bring some order to Mr. Potato Head. Right, can you remember where they all go? Seth's going to work his potato head magic. Going to see him come to life. I mean, he's never going to look normal, but because he is a potato. Just love that sense of, uh, in fact, God has placed the parts in the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. That's God's heart. That's God's design. He's the one who has placed every part specifically and knowingly for a set purpose. It gives two, yeah, the tongue won't go in as well, will it? Yeah. Right, do you want to show everyone? There we go. So he can now see, hear, smell, taste, touch, 
think I got all of them. Yeah? He's fully functional. Amazing. Thanks, Seth. Well done. Right, we'll leave him out here. There we go, so you can see forevermore. Thanks, bud. So that's God's heart, God's desire. In fact, God has placed the parts in the human body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. I just think that is such a beautiful verse because that really speaks to those of us who are feeling like we don't have a part to play, who are maybe doubting the gifts that God has given us. Maybe we think, oh, is it this gift or is it that? I'm not sure. Or I just don't know. I thought it was this. But actually someone discouraged me in that area and said, said some unkind words about me. And I, I just didn't know really what to, what to take of that. God wants us to be confident with the gifts that he has given us. To not cover other people's gifts but to use the gifts that he's given us to bless him and bless others. And actually, the more that we embrace our God-given role and the God-given gifts that God has given us, the more fruitful we will be. I think of the... um, So you've got Paul the Apostle in the New Testament. You might think, oh, you know, big deal. You know, persecuted the church, met the risen Christ, accepted in as one of the, uh, the 12 apostles, one of the apostles. Um, then he goes planting churches, uh, strengthening churches, goes around, incredible ministry, um, persecuted for being a Christian. You might think, man, that's a, that's a big deal. But alongside Paul, on, in a fair amount of his life, was this couple called Priscilla and Aquila. Now, just these were a couple who uh, Paul describes as co-workers, as people alongside him, playing their part, play, basically essentially using the gifts that God had given them. And, and we read about them and we see gifts of hospitality, gifts of teaching. Often it was within a private context, like in the home. They would welcome people in. Um, there's a point where they correct the, the, uh, the knowledge or the doctrine of, of, of a person so that they can go out and effectively teach uh, the, the masses um, in sort of a public stage. But there would have been no use Priscilla and Aquila going, oh, I don't really want those gifts. <laughs> like, can I, can I have Paul's gifts? Please, I want to be the person on the stage. I want to be the person, you know, wrestling with this stuff, writing scripture. I want to be, I want to be the, that person. The church would have hugely missed out. They would have been dysfunctional. Not able to fulfill the mission that God had for them. So if you're Priscilla and Aquila, great. That's cool. If you're an Apostle Paul, great. That's cool. If you're somewhere in between, great. We need one another. We need each other's gifts. Verse 19. We'll read to, the, to verse 26. If they were all one part, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts but one body. The eye cannot say to the hand, I don't need you. And the head cannot say to the feet, I don't need you. On the contrary, Those parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. And the parts that we think are less honorable, we treat with special honor. And the parts that are unpresentable are treated with special modesty. While our presentable parts need no special treatment. But God has put the body together, giving greater honor to the parts that lacked it, 
so that there should be no division in the body, but that its parts should have equal concern for, for each other. If one part suffers, every part suffers with it. If one part is honored, every part rejoices with it. So we are dependent on one another. We're not independent. We're actually interdependent. You know, you might think of a puzzle that is inter, it interlocks. The pieces interlock with one another. And only when each of them is in its right place can the puzzle be complete. We are interdependent. We need each other. At home, in our family, Jude, she needs my gifts of administration. Okay, that was one of my gifts. She needs that gift. She doesn't, you know, particularly have that gift. That's fine. That's cool. But for me, I need her bigger perspective. I can get really caught up in just the minutiae of stuff that needs sorting out, being dealt with, right, put those systems in place, get that done. I actually need her. She's really great at seeing the bigger picture, seeing a bit more of, like, what's going on here? You know, what, where do we need to get to? Where do we need to be? What's, what's really important in this moment? You know, because I can get really caught up in something that's really not that important. <laughs> and her phrase is, like, uh, what is it? You won't care about that when you're with God in eternity. It's like, okay, well, yeah, fair enough. Sort of, you've trump-carded me. Um, but it's so true. I need her bigger picture. She needs my administrative gifts. Here on Sundays, like, we need the AV gifts. We need those tech gifts. And Ruben, it's great to see you. Uh, I know you're coloring away, but it's great to see you, uh, you know, learning the ropes on the desk. That's, that's cool. You know, we need one another. We need the musical gifts. Like, you don't want me up there singing. Like, we need, yeah. Yeah. We, we need the musical gifts. We need one another. We need people doing stuff at the back, you know, in terms of just out in the kitchen, cleaning cups, getting drinks ready, sweeping up. We need the gifts. We need the many and varied gifts, and that's how God has designed it to be. Okay. I'm just going to read that in this section, we've basically got a list of gifts now, it's not an extensive list of gifts at all. It's just Paul sort of riffing on things, gifts that he sees, uh, gifts that he knows, yeah, they're important, but they're not, it's not everything because there are other places like in Romans 12, Ephesians 4, and other places where um, he talks about gifts of exhortation. These are gifts that are not listed in 1 Corinthians 12, but are listed in these other places. Gifts of exhortation, of giving, of leadership, mercy, teaching, evangelism. Also talks about celibacy being a gift in terms of not, uh, not being married. Uh, hospitality. Also talks about martyrdom being a gift. Yeah, so there we go. See who wants to receive that today. Um, but gifts, they're var- varied gifts. 1 Corinthians 12, verse 8, we get a list. It says, to one there is given through the Spirit a message of wisdom. And maybe just before I read this out, maybe just, well, I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would be putting on our hearts, each of our hearts, some of these gifts. Maybe just, just highlighting one in each of our hearts. Maybe affirming what we might already feel or know or have a sense of. 
but also maybe afresh, just a desire to go after a gift and, and say, God, yeah, I really want that gift. I don't know if I have it yet, or I don't know if that's a gift you, you have for me, but I desire that. Please give me that gift. And Jesus, I ask, please stir us, gift us. We trust that you are here to distribute your gifts. If you agree with that, maybe just, just in your heart say amen. Okay. To one, there is given through the Spirit a message of wisdom. To another, to another, a message of knowledge by means of the same Spirit. To another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, gifts of healing by that one Spirit. To another, miraculous powers. To another, prophecy. To another, distinguishing between spirits. To another, speaking in different kinds of tongues. And to still another, the interpretation of tongues. There's a list of gifts there. Maybe you felt a sense of God just prodding you in one of those. Maybe it's one of the other ones I mentioned. Exhortation, giving. You know, using your money to, to bless the church, to advance the mission, or leadership, or mercy, or teaching, or evangelism, or hospitality. I think God, what, God is here to distribute his gifts. Let's, let's stand. It would be good just for us to respond. If, um, if the musicians could come back up. We're going to... We're going to respond. I'm going to send some stuff out through uh, through life group leaders. So do keep an eye out for stuff from your life group leaders just in terms of I've got a document that lists out all the gifts that are mentioned in the New Testament with a description underneath. That may well just be helpful for you navigating like what does that mean or or what is that um, as, w- as well as some other resources that I'm sure will be helpful. But in verse 31, right at the end of this chapter, Paul says, to eagerly desire the greater gifts. In 1 Corinthians 14, verse 1, it says, Follow the way of love and eagerly desire gifts of the Spirit. We've got an opportunity today to, as we worship, to eagerly desire the gifts of the Spirit. To take an opportunity to and what that looks like is to maybe just to say to God, look, I, that, that gift, that jumped out of me. God, I want that. I want that gift. Please give me that gift. It looks like bringing your heart, your desires to God. And just like children who are persistent when they are, are asking for something, <laughs> asking again and 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 again, God wants us to be like little children, to be persistent in our asking, to not just ask here in this context, but to go home, to keep on asking in our times of prayer, to keep asking in our life groups, to keep asking. Verse 11, all these are the work, all these gifts are the work of the one and the same spirit, and he distributes them to each one just as he determines. We're going to come to Jesus. We're going to reorient our 
our lives. It's Jesus that distributes his gifts to the church. There's communion cups um, somewhere near you. Do grab those. Fix your eyes on Jesus. Talk to him. Worship him. Set your heart on him. And know that God wants to give gifts to you for the good of the church. That we might be built up. That we all might be encouraged. That we might all grow up into something even more incredible and beautiful and effective and fruitful for God's mission and his glory. Amen.